So if you're ready to get into the Word of God, say river. Ah, oh, wonderful. That's great. As I said earlier, today is um, going to be a little bit different. Um, I'm really excited for what God is going to speak to us about as we continue our study uh, through Ezekiel 47. And before we get going, um, let me take a moment to pray for the Word, and then we're going to take it from there. Let's, let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, my prayer is simple this morning, is that you, that you would speak. Thank you, Lord, that you have already spoken through your written word, and that we can take each part of it as coming right from you. And I pray, Lord, that you would come and back your written word this morning, as you always do, with the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would come and make it alive to us, that we won't be hearers of your word only, but that we would become doers of it. That we would take every part of what we learn this morning and discover together to heart and that we would be a people who live it out in our lives, Lord. That the river of God might flow from this place and more than that, Lord, that the river of God might flow from our own hearts and might impact the world around us and we trust you for that. So Jesus, I pray that as we open your word and as we listen to you, speak boldly and come and encourage us, Lord, in the way that we should go. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. The river of God, Ezekiel 47, has been where we've been for the past two weeks. Today is our third week, and we've called the series From a Trickle to a Flood. It starts with the vision of the temple, and inside the temple there's a trickle of water that's running from the temple, but as it emerges from the temple and starts running eastward, it increases into an incredible big flood. And the first week we spoke about vision and the whole idea of Ezekiel being side of the vision, but God asking him, do you see it? That we could be in the middle of a vision and not see what God is doing. And even this morning, I want us to see the vision of what God is doing across the world. Of various people from all walks of life coming together to praise one name. So this morning, I want to invite you again to see the vision of what God is busy with. I want you to see the vision again of the meeting place here, the sanctuary of getting together, the big temple, but also to see the vision of the individual temple that opens up for the river of God to flow into the world and bring about change. So this morning again, I want to see son and daughters of God see the vision of the river of God flowing. See where this river is going, see what it does, and see that you just simply being here this morning, you are part of it. You're not separate to it or apart from it. You are inside of the river of God and just simply coming to church this morning and following Jesus with your life. Then the second week, we looked at the idea of sacrifice. The key verse there was this water goes down into the Arabah. And we spoke about how this river runs from the temple and it goes to the dry and dead places. How the river of God and the presence of God and the Holy Spirit and the life of God is not intended to stay inside the temple, inside the place of meeting, but it's intended to go from the sanctuary, from the meeting place, into the dry and dead places and bring about life. Isn't that encouraging? This very week, I was thinking through that scripture and asking God for moments to apply it, and we've seen Him applying His, His life-giving river to dry and dead places. Even last night, as some of us gathered um, around the fundraiser for Tembelicha with some good music, the river of God was in our midst as people got ministered to who doesn't yet maybe believe in the love of Jesus and haven't experienced it. Towards the end of last night, I was speaking to an individual who said there was an appointment for her tonight in this place. And she said something special happened. And that's the river of God running to the dry and dead places. Now this morning, we're going to take it to our next our next step in this journey of discovering what the river is all about. And we're going to look at two verses this morning and find our key idea in the verse 9 and verse 10 out of Ezekiel 47. And you can follow on the screen or in your Bibles. And wherever the river goes, every living creature that swarms will live. And there will be very many fish. For this water goes there that the waters of the sea may become fresh so that everything will live where the river goes. 
Fishermen will stand beside the sea. From Ingeri to Ingelheim, it will be a place for the spreading of nets. Its fish will be of very many kinds, like the fish of the great sea. The great sea is the Mediterranean Sea, as I explained last week. And the Dead Sea is where this river goes. But as the river goes into the Dead Sea, it brings life to it. And all of a sudden, the vision shows that inside of the sea, because of the water that's becoming pure and the water that's becoming a space for fish to live in, many kinds of fish is dwelling. So this morning, I want to speak about the idea of diversity. That where the river of God goes, we will see diversity. And the idea of diversity is not diverse expressions, diverse churches, diverse ideas, but diverse people. Various peoples from all kinds of life, all backgrounds, all cultures, all colors, all, all languages, all tribes gathering in this river of God. The diversity is the very essence that we find inside of this river. We see throughout the Gospels how humans are compared to fish, right? And in this idea, we see that the very many fish that gathers in the sea where the river of God goes are of all kinds. Not just one kind, not just a special kind, but all kinds of fish. I can imagine the fishermen who were standing from Ingeri to Ingelim all along, catching fish, just having the best time of their lives. Just pulling out all kinds of fish, not knowing what they're going to catch. What are we going to get next? I don't want to try and call out some fish names. I'm going to get in trouble with some serious fishermen in our church this morning. But the fish are just coming, and it's all kinds. They're not just catching trout. Now, I, don't, I know at least you don't catch trout in the ocean, so I know that much. <laughs> or salmon or whatever it is that guys are barbers, if you do catch that these days. It's the only thing I ever managed to catch was a barber. Um, but these guys just enjoy the sheer enjoyment of throwing in a line into the ocean. Like, what are we going to get today? And out comes a whole new different looking fish that they haven't caught before. Chose the heart of God that he creatively made people of all kinds, all colors, all cultures, all backgrounds, all languages. And he, he enjoyed that moment of making and he says, but when my river, my church goes into society, it will be a gathering place of all kinds of fish. And then Jesus brought this idea to us that we are then called to become fishers of men. Follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. Jesus said, my followers, my disciples will stand around this new vision of a temple that's gonna get the river of God going and that temple is us into society and where it goes and it hits the dry and dead places, many fish will gather and then my people will stand around and they will be fishers of men, catching all kinds of fish from all walks of life and bringing them into the kingdom. Isn't that exciting? This gets me going and gets me super excited. Having the opportunity to see the world through many various trips, but just in our own context. Have you got any idea how many nations are gathering in South Africa at the moment, living here? I don't know either, so I'm not going to try and tell you. You're all like, that's a good question. It just came to me right now. Something that we should go and look at. But we are amidst the gathering of all kinds of fish. And the question is, are we ready to take the river of God to the diversity that is around us? So I want to take us through a quick few minutes of a theology of diversity. Because we might just read it here and say, well, that's great. We see it in Ezekiel 47, all kinds of fish. But if you study the Bible and, and see the beginning in Genesis 12, when God speaks to Abram, and reveals himself to Abram, he reveals something incredible. He shows up and he has a meeting with Abram, and then he says to Abram, in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Right at the beginning of the story, in the beginning of the Bible, we see that God has a heart for all kinds, that he has a heart for all families, for all tribes, and then throughout the Old Testament, there are moments where God's heart turns towards some of the other nations because they call on him as they see his faithfulness to Israel. And as they too repent and turn to him, then there's favor and grace towards them. But then the story changes dramatically when Jesus steps into the scene. And one of our favorite stories there to explain it is, is when he meets the woman at the well, one of his first ministry moments, where she's a Samaritan woman 
from another culture, another color, another background, another language, another way of life. And secondly, she's a woman. And in the Jewish customs, it wasn't great for a man to just go up and speak to a foreign woman, let alone be a Samaritan woman. And Jesus breaks through those barriers and he steps into this woman's life and he brings the river. He offers her water. He says, you've got to drink from this because you are part of that many great fish that will live where the river of God flows. Isn't that beautiful? And then she asks him an interesting question. She says, you people, isn't that sometimes how we still speak? You people say we should worship like this, but my father's told me we should worship like that. Where should we worship and what should it look like? Shall we dance like we do in Zola? Shall we stand quietly like we do in Somerset West? <laughs> what should it look like? And then Jesus says something profound. He says, you know what? Don't get stuck in culture and expression and what it should look like. What I'm after are people who will worship me in spirit and in truth. And as long as we worship in spirit and in truth, diversity will be something of unity. We, we don't compare to one another anymore and try and figure it out, like, is it like this or is it like that? We just, you know, I don't care, because I'm worshiping Jesus from my spirit, everything inside of me. The river is running onto him, and I'm standing on the truth of his word, and that is what defines our worship as a diverse people. Then the story goes on. Jesus then entrusts this message to his disciples, and as he goes, after he was resurrected into heaven, he says, wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, the exciting thing happens where the people of God are gathered in an upper room and the Spirit of God comes at the day of Pentecost. And it's said that in Jerusalem at that time, there were dwelling Jews, devout men and women from every nation under heaven. So from Abram to Jesus and through the Old Testament and then Acts chapter 2, God and his strategy and his heart for diversity made sure that at that moment of time, there would be people represented from every nation under heaven, so that includes all nations, at the moment of Pentecost. And the Holy Spirit is released upon the disciples, and they start speaking in other languages. And all of a sudden, these people from the other nations says, I'm hearing him speaking to me in Isikosa. I'm hearing the gospel in Afrikaans. I'm hearing the gospel in German. Isn't that amazing? It shows the heart of God and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit will touch the hearts of people by speaking their language to them. It's about catching the hearts of people. There's something about hearing the name of Jesus in your own language. There's something about celebrating Christ in your own tongue. Praying in your own language, reading the word sometimes, singing songs in your own language. And I know we gather around English, but isn't it precious when at times we get to do it in our own language, sing to him in that way. But the Holy Spirit there reveals, again, he's after diversity. He's not just after the Jewish nation and those who speak Hebrew. He was after everyone. And then the theology of diversity carries on where there was a vision from heaven. And God said, you know what, all kinds Everyone is welcome, and then the message was, the gospel was preached to the Gentiles, and you can go and find these things in the rest of the book of Acts, and then the gospel spreads into the nations, and then right at the end of the story in Revelation 7 verse 9, it says, in front of the throne will be all tongues and tribes and nations and people. So the river of God, we've got to get this this morning, the river of God is designed for diversity. Where the Spirit of God goes, where He works, where His presence is at work, where He is bringing about change, diversity will be the effect. And we should be make, making really sure that we don't get in the way of that. But if we get out of the way by opening up our hearts and say, Lord, let us be, especially in our nation, a people who love diversity, who love the idea of sharing life together, no matter what walk of life we come from. Because in your eyes, you love us all the same. In your eyes, you created us all the same. In your creativity and your incredible diversity and the manifold colors of who you are as the creator, you were so creative to make different people of all kinds of life. Isn't that beautiful? And where the river of God goes, there it will be. 
we will see diversity take place. So this morning, as I conclude this opening idea of the river of God, I want to ask you, if you jumped into the river, and if you are swimming amidst all the kinds of various fish that exist there where God is working, especially in our nation, have we seen the idea of Jesus who intentionally crossed the barrier to go and reach beyond what custom and culture defined? And I know I'm in a room of people who live that, but I think we can live even, even more. I would love to see how we become even more diverse in our expression, more diverse in, in how people gather around the gospel message. And I believe this morning God has got an appointment with hearts where he's gonna speak to each of our hearts. I believe this morning as we're gonna hear testimony and as we're gonna study this idea together with our brothers and sisters from Kalichan Zola, he's gonna speak to your heart. And to get us ready for that, I'd like to invite Markham to come and join me. Markham is, and Hazel are, have been Every Nation people for as long as we can remember. <laughs> Starting back in the Every Nation Stellenbosch days, please come and, and join me on, on stage. And I think, Markham, you should have heard this message about Every Nation multiple hundreds of times, right? <laughs> but uh, I asked Markham to share his story with us about something that God did in, in his heart this year where it wasn't just hearing the word or getting the knowledge of it, but where God encountered him and what God needed to do in him so that the idea of diversity and all kinds of fish in the river of God is true to his life. And I'm asking him to share this testimony because I believe some of your hearts are gonna shift this morning just like his heart has shifted. So let's uh, give Mark an opportunity to share. Thank you. Morning, church. Thank you for allowing me this opportunity. Um, I wrote in my diary uh, a day after as a family. Can I say we, can I be proud of, of my family? Is proud a good word? We can be proud. When we stepped over the N2 that first time, and I shared it with Pierre and I said, for me, it was the most powerful sermon I think as a family, that we could have given. You know, because across the end are the very people, more often than not, that looked after our kids, care for our gardens, clean our homes. Why is there this divide? Why does it exist? We know why. We've allowed ourselves to be labeled, and I'm part of a generation that we didn't carry the baton well. Instead of seeing the truth and the vision and working at it, we kind of stuck ourselves in our camps. And for that reason, we, my generation, I believe, did it horribly wrong. And I'm excited about what I see you guys do as the next generation. I'm absolutely, when I, where I work, for those of you who know, when I see what happens there and I see these kids come in, it's just such a wonderful place to work and to see kids. No inhibitions, nothing. I need a mate, I need a friend to play with. Off he goes, the first one he grabs. We can learn from the kids. We should learn, as Jesus said to us, be like children. That's what we need to do. We need to step over that divide. And as I said, when we went there today, I was crying most of the time. Trying to sing, crying most of the time. Because for me, as God touched my heart and says, that's what we need to do. And I said with Pierre, and I said, Pierre, I hope it's not going to be a program. It's going to become a way of life. And not just for our family as one part of the body of Christ, but there's, a, there's other churches, right? The whole Helderberg. Imagine, Popia, we get the whole of the Helderberg family to come together on a regular basis, and we go there. And let me explain to you why. I've chatted with these guys on that side subsequently. And most of the feedback you get is, I'm not sure they care. Once we've done this and the guys I've spoken to, because how do I find out if somebody cares? Is when they step out of their agenda, break that agenda, and come to me. Okay? 
We have to learn to do that as a church. Normal is overrated. Whatever we're doing as normal is overrated, okay? Break the norm. Please, let's go together. We've heard the message. We've been given the message 2,000 years ago. Let's be brave. We don't have to be scared. Let's go there. As I said, it's the very people that come into our homes. And if I may share, when my kids were small, I had a lady looking after my kids. And I could go to work and concentrate at work, knowing full well my kids are getting the best care in the world. It's the very person that stays on the other side of that divide. We need to break that, okay? And in my heart, I feel like, let's say there's, I don't know, Pierre, what's 1% of this population? If, if there's so many families and we say to ourselves, let's each of us, as we raise our kids, we take one child from whoever works for us, either in the garden or in the home, and say, how do I make sure I get this child through school, get him to university? That's how we're going to change this nation, okay? That's where we need to step out of what we see as the norm. That is my heart for this nation, and I'm part of us going there on a regular basis, Bear. Okay, let's drop the labels. It's in the past. Let's move ahead. And the vision God gave me was about a patch of land that was scorched. And in between it was these green shoots popping up. And God simply asked me in my quiet time, which one are you? Are you part of the green shoots that's going to bring life or not? And we have to choose which we're going to be. But we have to be deliberate about it and go. As the commission was given to us, we have to go, not wait. Thanks, guys. I want you to see two things. Is that the going did not only mean something for those who were on the other side receiving, but it touched and healed the hearts of those going. That's the river working. It's a space for everyone. It's a space for us who's been around for multiple years of hearing the message. God would do something in us, just as he's doing something in, in our stepping out. And I appreciate your boldness in sharing that. And secondly, diversity is also found in generations. What would it look like to be a multi-generational church? And you representing a generation that sits in, in the chairs here this morning. And we want to say to you, and often we get it like, yeah, you, you young guys are, we love the passion and the zeal. But can I just say again that the previous generation, we look up to you guys and we see you as part of it. In our hearts, there's no divide. That's part of the diversity that God has for the river of God. So don't count yourselves out. Even though it might have been a long history of things that you had to battle and work through, God has brought you here for the very purpose of being in the river of God that he has for this expression of church. So get in with us. Don't hold back. You have many incredible years still ahead of you to live this out with us. So I just wanted to say that this morning. And at this point, can I ask um, Pastor Linda and his wife Tabisa and Pastor Joy and his wife Gloria to come and join us on stage. You guys can come up and stand with us. Let's give them a hand as they come up. Yeah, I want to Wonderful. Just stand there. I'm going to ask Markham to pray for these two couples before he goes to sit down and then... We're going to be hearing from them. Thanks, Markham. Let's pray together. Father Almighty, maker of all that has ever seen, ever was, and ever will be. Lord, as you take us through where we need to go, and you've put us in this patch of land where we are very diverse. Pray, Lord, for these two couples that you use powerfully to lead this flow of this river that's going to bring life in their territories and to bring life and extend it, Lord, that will become, as Pierre says, a river that flows powerfully because that is indeed what is needed in our country. 
And Father, may we be brave to be beside them as they go into their territories, to go and to speak life over all of the territories, Lord. And so, Father, we just bring them before you. We ask that you keep your hand upon them and protect them. And that you bless them, Lord. And that your face will continually shine on them. They may know unequivocally that you are right beside them as they go. Father, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mark. So I've asked the, the courageous wives of these two men to stand on stage with them this morning before we hear from, from them. Diversity is also on both sides. It's for men and women. There's no idea of, of a greater purpose for the one than the other. Different purposes and different expressions. But this morning I want to take a moment to honor you, Tabisa, and you, Gloria, for standing beside these, these men and for being the mamas of the community, for going the extra mile sometimes behind the scenes that no one sees from the pulpit, that no one sees from the, fr from the front, and that both these churches and the expressions of what you guys are building is a safe place because of the heart that both of you carry. And before we let them speak, we just want to take a moment to honor you for that work, for praying, for covering your husbands, for being beside them, for speaking to people, for praying with people, for encouraging people, for dreaming about the youth and everyone that you can reach in your community, and especially for sacrificing just your own family life sometimes. I know especially for the two of you, being in a, a nation far away from home, it must be really difficult. I saw this week that your oldest, eldest son was baptized this week back home in Malawi. And it can't be easy, but we want to take a moment just in our humanity to honor the two of you for the hard work and that you are part of God's plans and purposes for this nation. Can we just cheer these two women this morning? Awesome. You can, you can take your seat. Give me a moment. Molo fundisi. Molo molo fundisi. Kunjani. Di apila kunjani. Das apila nkosi wena. Nkosi mane nkosi. So we've been uh, we've been practicing our our uh, is it closer? I'm getting there. Is it closer? And uh, when I get stuck after a conversation like that, I just say indisi funda is it closer ukolo, which means I am still learning my. Is it yes. closer? Yes. Sorry. Thank you. So, <laughs> it's great to have you here with us. Um, this morning we're going to be hearing from these two men about their worlds and how diversity and the river of God is at effect in Zola and at effect in Kailicha. And I'm excited to hear your story. So, Linda, I'm going to start with you. I want to just ask you how God has spoken to your own heart about being a, a closer man and how you had to start opening your heart to the diversity and what you did to start including diversity in, in the leadership at church and then the fruit that has come from it. So I'm going to let you speak. Awesome. Thank you, Pierre. Um, family, uh, uh, I want to just say, uh, maybe if I can read a scripture uh, that came because I, I, I started the change after a long time being, being a pastor enjoying just preaching in my language, in, in my own people, the people who could understand me, the same culture, even the same community. Um, but uh, I had a void in my heart because God was speaking greater things than what I was doing and was showing me further than where I was. But I didn't know how to get there. So if I can read uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14. For he is, I'm reading uh, from an amplified version, it emphasizes a lot. For he is himself our peace, our bond of unity and harmony. 
He has made us both Jews and Gentiles one body and has broken down, destroyed, abolished the hostile dividing wall between us. I heard this scripture. It was read to me by a pastor from Canada who used to mentor us as local pastors there. He just gave me this word and after that, for many years, I was reasoning and questioning this scripture, and it really didn't give me any, any rest. Um, until I had to, you know, to, to decide to know that I, I would need to step out of my comfort zone if I have to understand this scripture, because the scripture is about unity, is about um, unity in diversity, because now it gave me the identity of my community and also the identity of my country, my nation. To see that if I preach this peace among my own people, there is still a wall. A person who's not of my culture, my background, cannot hear the message that God has given me. So that compelled me to step out of my comfort zone, to sacrifice many things that... Um, really gave me comfort and made things easy for me to minister. After sacrificing a lot, because there were people who were visiting our church, you know, from uh, countries in Africa who couldn't speak Isitosa, then if they come, I love them, but I speak my language, they can't hear, they would love to be with us, but they rather leave because they can't understand what we are doing. I had to step out of my comfort zone. Then after stepping out of my comfort zone, I, I was myself transformed first. And I experienced growth in my own spiritual life as a pastor because I began to see God in a different light. And I began to see his people the way he sees them, whether black or white, South African, non-South African. I just saw his people and just got to love them. Got to, I mean, when I see a person of God that, that ministers the goodness of God to me, that it tells me about the beauty of God, it transformed my life, and it brought now the people from different nations, and uh, even, even cultures. Then we, we started working together. It, it really changed my, my, my approach, you know, to, to how I minister the gospel, to how I impact my community. Uh, the last thing I can say about this, um, I, I came to realize that God is on the mission. He's uh, not happy when, he, when this nation is, is, is like a, a desert, as we, as, as we are ministering in this Ezekiel 47. It's like a dry valley, this nation. It's not happy. I realize that we, I'm, I'm one of those, of, that, of those temples who has, who's, who's, got, who's got this river, but I have to step out of my comfort zone. And then it gave me even now the vision of my community, even my country, to a point where... Uh, I had to believe that God is in a mission to shape the identity of my nation. And if the, the church, if we are seated in, in the temple, we are not prepared to get out of our comfort zone because you have to sacrifice if you have to step out. <laughs> Nothing will change. The, the government doesn't hear from God. I mean... They, they know nothing about God. Even if they are born again, they are bound by the systems of this world. But if the church rises, we don't need to, to, be, to be in parliament, to be in the union buildings. We need to be in the presence of God and step out. Start fishing everybody, including the, the, the authorities of this nation. Then we'll see this peace. We'll see this peace, meaning that the brokenness will be mended. We will be whole again. God's, God told me that 
Number two, prosperity comes from God, nowhere else. If we want to see prosperity, you know, the word peace, shalom, it talks of prosperity. Prosperity, it means nothing, nothing missing, nothing broken, but wholeness in all aspects of the life of our nation. So I'm so proud to be in this family. And then what, what also changed me, helps me, is that I, I, I became part of a discipling family where now it, it always reminds me that to be a disciple of Christ, it means make disciples. So now it compels me to move out of uh, the temple, but flow, be a flowing river. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's great. I'm going to ask you one more thing. So now the Lord entrusted to you uh, a brother, and he's asked you to move away from the gathering of Zola into Galicia. So you see how God works. The river keeps going, guys. It doesn't stop and dam up somewhere. It just keeps going. Tell us why you haven't gone to Galicia before. Yes, uh, I was praying even for church plantings, uh, but I never prayed much about Kailicha. Uh, I really didn't like Kailicha, I have to be honest. <laughs> even if I have to drive to Kailicha, I have to look at my car, if I will come back with my car. <laughs> so it was very difficult for me. Even the time he invites me, I, I, I had to think deeply when he invites me <laughs> and make sure that the car is safe. Uh, is there any protection there? So, Kailicha, I viewed Kailicha as a very terrible place. Uh, I, I used to visit there when I was a student. You know, when, when, when holidays, my sister was, was working in Kailicha then. I used to visit there. I was a, a young teenager. But uh, I, the life is so fast there, I didn't like it, and uh, I didn't trust anybody. When I'm there, I wasn't feeling, but I started to love Kailisha through, the, through this Russia. I love it now, and, and, uh, and it changed my life because we, we went to minister to Kailisha to have outreach. The love of the people we received there. Really, I had to come back and, and, and pray to God and just repent because what I thought of Kailisha wasn't the real reflection that I had in my mind. People are loving. People are hungry for the gospel. Thank you very much. That's amazing. Over to Pastor Tom. That's when uh, the first time I went to Kailisha, I asked Anthony if I can go with him in his car. Then he can watch his car. <laughs> But it's so true. You see, where the river of God goes, it breaks even those fears. And we've got to be able to just, come on, guys, we're serving the creator of the world, the almighty. The other day I told you, you know, what's the worst that can happen? I could go to heaven. It's not that bad. <laughs> but just think about it. Worst case scenario, I'm going to go be with Jesus. In my mind, that's best case scenario. So it's amazing how we how we let fear block and hold back the river of God completely. We're just like, I'm just pulling a line, and this is it. I'm not willing to go beyond that. Pastor Joy, I'd love to hear from you. Um, first of all, I want to ask you about how God has spoken to you and your heart for people and how God sees all kinds of people. Can you just share that with us from your perspective? Uh, hello, church. Um, uh, uh, first of all, I have to thank you uh, for uh, uh, asking us to come here. And uh, thank you, uh, Church, uh, uh, for welcoming us here. Um, can you come again with that question? <laughs> Just uh, the revelation that God gave you for, about people and the heart for all kinds of people. Uh, okay. Um, I have to be honest, uh, when I was coming here, I didn't know how um, Kylie Cha or South Africa is because I'm a Malawian. And uh, uh, when I came here, I didn't just want to see it, but I had to observe how things work here in, uh, in South Africa, more especially in Kylie Cha. I have to understand where I'm, I'm living. And uh, I find out that uh, uh, Kylie Cha, uh, 
had a lot of bad names. And uh, I just hate, I haven't done a research on that, that it's a second, uh, uh, it's a second most dangerous places, second place here in South Africa. One is Soweto and the second one is, is, is Kailich, it's a dangerous place. And uh, uh, I spoke to God, I remember that uh, God, you have uh, taken me from Malawi to here in South Africa and uh, I'm here in a place where uh, I've heard that there's a lot of crime, uh, a lot of bad things happen here, but I know that you have brought me for a purpose. Um, and uh, I want you uh, to fulfill your purpose, why you have brought me here in, in, in this place. And uh, I also had a heart for uh, people from my country and other foreign nations that when they come from uh, like Malawi, uh, other countries, when they come, they change their lives when they come here. Maybe they were living a very good life. I mean, they were Christians, they were born again. But when they come, people come here, they change. They adapt to the life of the people who are living here, the way they are living their lives. And that touched my heart very hard because um, the Bible says in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, verse number 16, that uh, we have the mind of Christ. I had to do a little bit of research. What does it mean to have the mind of Jesus Christ? And I saw someone wrote saying that, our mind is like a computer, an old computer that is not functioning very well. The reason why it is not functioning very well is because it has got viruses. That's why it is very slow because of the viruses. <laughs> yeah, so, so our minds are that computer that has been corrupted. It is not functioning very well. So what can we do for our computer, for our PC to function very well? I think the engineers or the IT technicians can tell us, they can say, okay, we have to change the software. We have to replace this old software with the new software so that it can now start to function well. Because if we use the old software, then it will not function very well. So our minds needed a replacement. So if we have the mind of Christ, it means our old mind has been replaced with a new mind. It has been replaced with a new software. So that when it was not functioning very well, it must now start to function very well. Amen? What does it mean? It means that if our minds are functioning very well now, because I've been replaced with the mind of Jesus Christ, even the way we view humans, we will not view humans the way we were viewing them before. Amen. Because our mind has changed. We are now seeing humans in Christ's perspective, not in our self. We are seeing humans through the eyes of Jesus Christ. How does he view them when he views them? How does he view them when he view a human? All of us who are in here, when he sees us, he sees us as his children. But what about those people who are out there who are not born again, who have not put their faith? How does he view them? Because with our old mind, we can view them as people who do evil. We can view them as robbers. But yes, it is true. But how does God view them? Do he view them as robbers? Do he view them as evil? Mothers? How does he view them? So we have the mind of Christ. And because we have the mind of Christ, we are able to discern spiritual things. Unlike the unbeliever, they cannot discern spiritual things. The way we see things now is different with an unbeliever. Because they don't have the spirit in them. 
the Spirit of God. Amen? So how do we view humans as of now? We view them in Christ's perspective. We view them as God views them. So I came to there realize that, okay, I am here in South Africa. Yes, of course, I'm hearing that this place is called, it's, uh, it's called by names, bad names. People are evil. But how can I view them? And then I started meditating on that. And I came to the book of Matthew chapter 6, verse 37 to 30, 36 to 37, where Christ, when he was viewing the people, he was viewing them with compassion. He saw them that there were people who were just wandering away. They are in need of a savior. They are in need of a shepherd. They are living their life like that. The reason why they are living that life, nobody has led them to the shepherd, to the good shepherd. Now, I am there. What can I do? Should I just sit and make money with my wife and go home? No, I came with the, with, with the idea. I said, no, we have to do something. Because God has brought us here as the light. As the light of the world. We have to try our best to point these people to Jesus Christ, who is a very good shepherd. But it was all possible because of the mind of Christ. Because with my mind, I will see those people that, oh, if I would talk this with, this one, with these people, they will say, you are a guiri guiri. Don't come here. We will not hear you. But I would stand, I would say, okay, if you call me a guiri guiri, but I want to tell you something. Jesus loves you. You will call me, I'm a foreigner, of course. Yeah, you are right, my brother, but Jesus loves you. So I'm here to tell you about Jesus. Because he loves you. You know why? It's because of the mind of Christ. Looking at the people, I love them. Whether they do bad, we love them. Why? Even they can do that to us, they already did to Jesus. And he already warned us that if they did this to me, what about you? So how do we view them? They are people who are in need of a shepherd. They are people who are just wondering. They need a savior. So we are there in Kailicha so that we can point people to Jesus Christ. We want people to change. I want Kailicha to be called. I want Kailicha to be called with a, a different name. I want Kailicha to be a place where people from America, people from wherever, all over the world, they will say, before we leave South Africa, we want to go to Kailich. That's good. Amen. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I told uh, Joy earlier this week, he's got broad shoulders. And I can see why God has appointed this man for such time as this, together with Gloria and their team for that place. I want to tell, ask you to tell the story quickly of the day that Pastor Linda contacted you where you needed to get a phone call from him. Just share that story with us quickly and what it did for you and, and your wife. I am blessed to meet this man, a very humble man. And I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like I'm a foreigner when I'm with this man. Uh, there were rumors that uh, xenophobia is, all, is starting again. I think it's three months ago, four months ago, I just forgot. And uh, as we were, I was sitting with my wife thinking, oh, so what are we going to do? Uh, we were sitting in our home in Kailicha, thinking, what if this happened? What are we going to do then? Immediately, I received a phone call from uh, my pastor here. Hi, Pastor Joy. I said, hi. Oh, I just called because I want to ask, how is the situation there? I said, oh, as of now, uh, it's still okay. Oh, oh, it's okay, I understand, but uh, if you feel that you are not safe there, please don't hesitate. Just give me a call, take a taxi, and come down to us, together with your family there, meaning the whole uh, church in Kailich. <laughs> so to... <laughs> 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 
Look at the, uh, look, uh, uh, that's what we are talking about, about the mind of Jesus Christ. Because it's all about the mind of Christ. If it wasn't about the mind of Christ, he would not give me a call. He would say, no, you, he's a foreigner, you must go back home. <laughs> but uh, he, he gave us a phone call. I have to be honest, we are blessed to be part of this uh, uh, wonderful family. Because we know that we are safe. Mm. We are safe. We can't wait to receive a phone call from you or when something happens in Kairos. I am. Um, Pastor Joy said something powerful in the week about that point. He said he sat down after the phone call with Gloria and said, you know what? If we're not safe in our home here in Kalicha, We've got many homes in Zola and Somerset West that we can go to. And, and again, guys, this is, to bring the idea back, this is the river of God. Where it flows, everyone's welcome. All kinds of fish, open homes, open wallets, open lives, open everything. Because we are living in the river of God, and the people of God gather there. And I, I want to invite um, the mama from Kailicha. Where are you? Can you come join us? Um, Yes, please come join us up front. We met this dear lady the first time, uh, well, I met her the first time when we went to Kailicha a couple of months ago. And um, she is uh, one of the, the, the mamas of the community, for a lack of, of better words. She's just one of the people who, who lead the community there. She's also one of the people who have oversight on the property that we have church on on every Sunday. And that specific Saturday, she just shared a little bit of her heart with us about what she's seeing happening in front of her own eyes and the very place that she has come from and the prayer that she's been praying for our nation. And we want to invite her to come and share that with us quickly. And out of that, we're going to be able to respond to all of this. So you guys can come and you can stand the floor if that's easier. She wants to come up. That's great. <laughs> Awesome. Yes. Can we give her a hand for, for coming up this morning? Pastor Linda will just interpret for us in, in this moment. Uh, greetings to you all. I'm speaking to Tosa. Uh, I stay in Kailicha in Makaza. My name is Regina. Yes, uh, the same name is um, Balula. Zimbalula? Yes, Mbalula. I'm glad to be here. I'm here to share about my journey from the Eastern Cape. Um, uh, I, I used to uh, attend the church called All Nations. I wasn't happy because there is a song that we used to sing, a song of unity, but we sang this song having not all together as the song sings. Uh, the song was saying, let us be thankful to Jesus. For he died for us. Yes, it, uh, it says, uh, uh, thanks, Lord. Uh, it talks about us being the children of the Lamb. Let us thank him together. Uh, 
Yes, as you go down to the next paragraph, it 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 it, it black and white. Let them come together and be thankful to the Lord. And shout as they sing to the Lord. As they are giving thanks to Jesus. Again, he continues to give thanks to the Lord. What I loved here. Okay, uh, what I've, I've come to love about every nation is that I've come to realize here. Uh, I've come to realize that this is the place where I belong and the place that speaks to the reality of the song that we just sang. Because I can see black and white together in the presence of God. We can be black or white, but the, the blood is the same. I want to say as I stay in Kailicha, Amen. Uh, I want to ask you and encourage you to say, uh, as we have become one family, please pray for Kailicha and uh, don't um, be scared to go there uh, so that Kailicha may be changed. Thank you. Uh, O Pastor Joy, O Guya Quaka, I can be Kangela in Dau, and no Missa Guyo in Gonzo. What do I figure I'm thankful for Pastor Joy, who has um, uh, true looking for the space of worship. Uh, he came to my house and uh, we received him. Eh, where was that? No Pastor Linda, who's at the head of God. Amen. 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 Yes, I'm just I'm just gonna uh, uh, summarize because because Kailicha is you know people you know um, it's difficult to trust a person that you really don't know well. Um, more especially in light of what the churches are doing outside there. So um, I, as, as Pastor Linda, had to come along with Pastor Joy so that I may represent uh, as a South African, you know, to the community of Kailisha, that if there is any question they have, they, they must, I must be accountable to them as a South African. We don't want to put our brother, uh, you know, at the forefront uh, to the people that would maybe misunderstand. Thank you. I'm glad you have seen Pastor Pierre and, and the family. Uh, and Pastor Anton. And, 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 and David. So, um, we have a surprise for you. We're going to all be singing that song together. So we found this song and we're going to sing this together as a prophetic declaration and seeing that we are in the river. See it this morning, guys. We are in it. This we're going to sing and what, what Mama has been dreaming about for so long. It's happening. It's here. We don't have to wait for it. Let's get into it. Let's 
Let's drown in it. Let's swim in it. And let the river of God be from our lives into society. So let's stand together and sing this song this morning with conviction that this is happening in our midst. Thank you, team. Shout this morning. Can we give him a shout? Let's shout. Thank you, Jesus. I pray, Lord, that this week your river would run and we would see many diverse fish impacted by your love. Pray for that in Jesus' name. Lord, Lord, I pray that you would send out your church this morning and I bless your church this morning. Be the river of God in all spheres of society and bring about His presence and bring about His change 
in the name of Jesus Christ. And we all say, Amen. Amen.